Hello everyone, you're listening to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia Chopolis. The combination of physics and ancient healing arts has amplified results with thousands of my clients and healing students. When you are ready to be able to transform your life and the life of others, go to scientifichealer.com forward slash energize me to discover more about my program for helping healers and coaches thrive and grow their business. Enrollment is now open. Connect with me at scientifichealer.com forward slash appointment to talk about this so you can have more energy while growing your healing or coaching practice. So the topic of today was inspired by going to this conference last weekend, and I heard a lay person who was describing how to get to the quantum field, and he was into using all of these terms. And while I was sitting there and listening, you know, as a physicist that has been working with quantum kinds of things for 40 years, I took 13 different classes on quantum physics, and uh, there was some relativity thrown in, which are two of the really spooky things that happen in the world that are real. Like energy healing is nothing (laughs) compared to quantum physics. So when I was listening, my mind started misfiring, like, what is he talking about? Like, what? quantum field and and I I didn't have the heart to interrupt him so I just sat and listened to him and I'm going okay so he has a message let's not get lost in the terminology from the message so what I want to do is take the whole mystery out of the word quantum and what is the quantum field and how do we reach it and what is quantum healing and You even hear about quantum university, which to me also (laughs) makes no sense. But, you know, there is a cachet to it. So let's talk about what that means to you. And, you know, and there is a lot of confusion. And I don't, uh, I don't even know, you know, I'm a physicist. And sometimes when people start talking about, oh, I do quantum healing. And then I ask them exactly what you mean by quantum healing. And the answers that I receive are both vague and even surprising. So today in exploring this topic with me again is my fabulous co-host Gwen Leppard. Hi Gwen, I'm so glad to be with you today. Hi Anastasia. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. What a topic. I mean, I, I don't have a lot to contribute on this, so I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. I've you know, I, I've also heard, you know, quantum jumping, which is something that I do, which maybe is a, a, a nice name for um for accessing the the subconscious, but who knows? I'm I'm really curious. Well, maybe, maybe we're doing more because of what you know about the quantum. <laughs> so so quantum jumping sounds more like a quantum leap, and so we've talked about quantum leap. So quantum leap is an illogical jump where you don't know the path and it's instantaneous. So yes. does that work with quantum leap? I mean, quantum, quantum jumping, jumping? Quantum, yeah, yeah, that, that could work, yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so in general terms, in lay language, you can mean something very specific, and uh, it can be vague in science, and vice versa. Something specific in science can be vague in lay language, and I think that that's where the quantum word quantum is going. So I'll give you a, a, a very um, typical example of what we mean by 
um, vague in science when something is very specific in lay language. So the word salt means exclusively table salt that's composed of sodium and chloride. Right. And, you know, we have lots of it and it's dried up from the ocean. It gets washed through. It's, it's the com most common salt. But right. in science, a salt means anything that is, is bonded via some sort of ionic bonding, meaning one, there's a positive entity and a negative entity, and the bond's not very strong and it's very soluble in water. So it could be potassium bromide, it could be cesium chloride, it doesn't matter. There's like these combinations, but salt is a very general term in science where it's a very specific. In, Pass the salt. <laughs> right? Pass the salt. You know exactly what you're getting. You're not... You don't want that potassium bromide. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, that's kind of a toxic, right? So, so you know, there's there's like a lot of in uh, a a very common salt that you could get is uh is potassium chloride, which is in sea salt, for example. We have like all kinds of different salts in sea salts and Himalayan salt and pink salt, things like that. And there are also um, compounds that are salts of an acid, like magnesium stearate. If you look on your vitamin pill bottle, very likely you'll see it there. And stearic acid is a fat, and magnesium stearate is of salt of the fat, and it's used to compound pills. So, you know, there are salts everywhere, but when you say pass the salt, you mean that one thing, right? What about Epsom salts? Because that's well, another common salt that we have. That you, you wouldn't, if you said pass the salt, you wouldn't expect someone to give you Epsom salts. Well, Epsom salts is a salt with um, sulfur in it and magnesium, magnesium sulfate, I think it is. And um, you put it in the water to help the magnesium get absorbed into your skin. Okay. Right. So you have to name it Epsom salt. You don't eat it. <laughs> no. Although it wouldn't probably harm you. It just probably tastes terrible. Yeah, I think it might make things clean out really fast. Yeah, so so when people talk about quantum field, so there's something in science called quantum field theory. And what they are trying to just do is combine the behavior in quantum mechanics with the behavior in relativistic mechanics, relativity, and we'll describe that in just a moment, and the behavior of large objects. So... So actually, we're sitting in the quantum field. We are the oh. quantum field, right? Okay. And so when they say, oh, we're going to reach the quantum field by getting really still and meditating and putting our consciousness elsewhere, <laughs> that, that's not doing it because you're not making yourself teeny tiny. <laughs> so what quantum physics means and what the quantum field means is the behavior of things that are very small on the order of the size of, um, you know, atoms, electrons, protons, neutrons, leptons, muons, all these very small particles um, including neutrinos, for example. So, so some people, you know, information is passed back and forth between objects that don't appear to be connected in any obvious way. 
but you also have to remember that there are there's a tremendous amount of radiation that is all over cosmic rays neutrinos that are passing through matter all of the time and it makes it very obvious that that's a very simple way to transmit information is via all this different all these different things and because compared to cosmic rays like atoms are really huge right so there's okay. lots of space in atoms. Atoms, if you take the entire Earth and you shrink it down and remove all the empty space, it's the size of three quarters of a football field or 75 yards, right? It's, that's the entire Earth shrinks down to that when you remove all the empty matter. So wow. you can imagine that <laughs> that matter is completely exploded and that's because of the energy that's contained in it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so quantum behavior, quantum level behavior is very, very, very bizarre. And um, you, people have described, you know, like they say the wave particle duality and that once you start doing an experiment on something, you change the results. You know, the observer changes the results. Right. And what that really means, and it can be super duper simple. So you have a cup of warm water and you have a thermometer that's at room temperature. And as soon as you dip the thermometer in the cup of warm water, you start changing the temperature of the water and you start changing the result. Right. Right. So as soon as okay. you do a measurement on something, you're changing you're changing the, the system in some system. way. So there's no, there's no real accurate measurements. No. And, you know, wow. people say, well, you can shine a light into it and get the, you know, or take the, the radiation off of it. But no matter what you do, you're changing. Somehow you're changing the final result, even if it's infinitesimally small. So, so there's a lot of weird behaviors at this very, very tiny level. And one of the weird behaviors is that both, so let's move back. Back at the turn of the 19th to the 20th century, there were a series of experiments where, that people didn't understand. And one included the black body effect, which means you know every, every light bulb has this, like with a tungsten wire. When you heat something up, it glows, right? That's called the black body effect. So as you heat something up and glows and you take a spectrum, it, it has a, a beginning, it swoops up when you measure it versus wavelength, and then it comes down. And they couldn't figure out why it didn't keep going up, and they called this the ultraviolet catastrophe. In other words, it would just keep going up according to simple equations. And so, so it turns out that if you do a mathematical trick and say that each light particle, you know, each, each wavelength of light is actually a particle, then it starts to behave and you get this shape. And there was another experiment conducted by, that was done by Max Planck, right? And then, then there was another experiment conducted by Leonard and it was the photoelectric experiments, just like when you shine light on metal, it will produce electricity, just like you get that little calculator that has those little photocells on it, right? You've seen right. those. Yeah. <laughs> right? So you shine light on it and it charges, you know, it, it charges. gives. Okay, yeah. 
right? Okay. And turns on. So it's producing electricity. It's just like what the photo, photovoltaic cells are made out of. So during that time, he was doing experiments by changing, you know, by increasing the intensity of single wavelengths of light and noticing he couldn't get the electricity to flow. And it wasn't until he started changing the wavelength that the electricity flowed. So he couldn't figure out why that was the case until Einstein came along and explained it. And he says, well, you know, the light, the frequency of light must have must behave as particles like you you have the each particle has a certain amount of energy and you can turn the intensity up all you want but the particles won't have enough enough energy to eject the electron and get the and get the flow going so he said so light must behave as particles as well as waves and so they co-won the Nobel Prize, I think it was 1905 or 1910, somewhere in that time, they co-won the Nobel Prize. So Einstein did not win the Nobel Prize for relativity, he won it for the photoelectric effect. <laughs> so okay. that's a little known fact, right? Yeah, I had no idea. There's lots <laughs> of things in here that really <laughs> Yeah. So... So then this French, um, so I think it's so adorable, this French says, well, you know, it's not very symmetric if light has particle behavior, so why can't particle have wave behavior, right? So they started shooting, taking electrons and doing something that a wave would do when you shine light into, into something with very narrow slits, and, you know, an example is a polarizer, Right? then it changes the quality of the light. But when you throw it through some new, very narrow slits, it spreads the light wavelengths apart. So if you have a single wavelength, you end up with a diffraction pattern on the back wall, for example. You have a light beam coming in and uh, going through a couple of slits, and then on the back wall you have these lines. Okay. And you can do it even with your eyelashes if you have the sun above you and you look up through your eyelashes, you'll see colors. And you may or may not have noticed it, but next time you're outside, you know, <laughs> and you don't, <laughs> don't have goop on your eyelashes, although that could work too, but you could, you could look up through your eyelashes and actually see, the, see colors. I, I remember seeing it as a kid. So, so that, that effect is, is really common. And you can even buy gratings like the, they're just clear things with lines on them and you can look through them and see all these colors. So, so de Broglie's this French, um, French scientist, he says, well, you know, it's not very symmetric. So let's try throwing electrons through slits and seeing if we would get a diffraction pattern on a wall. And a cathode ray tube, which is just like the old-fashioned TVs that that would spray uh, spray electrons on a phosphor screen, and they would regulate it to make light and dark areas, right? So cathode ray tube is, uh, you know, it's basically shooting electrons. You just have a high voltage thing with two plates, and it runs, it shoots electrons, and you can control how many electrons come out per second. You can control it to the point where you slow the electrons so you just shoot out one every few seconds. Because they thought, okay, so we're sending electrons through these two slits, so they're interfering with each other. And so they're creating it. And they thought, what if we slow it down till we throw only one electron through the two slits? What's going to happen? 
And sure enough, they got a diffraction pattern on the wall. So then they thought they'd get really smart and they're going to put a detector on one slit to see which hole the electron went through. And then what happened is they got two spots on the back as if they were throwing baseballs through the holes, through the slits. So they're I going, hmm, about this. Mm, right? Yeah. So hmm, that's interesting. We remove the detector, we get diffraction pattern. We put the detector in, we get two, two spots. Remove the detector, we get a diffraction pattern. So now there is, and there has not yet to this date been any experiment where you can observe both of these effects at once. So that is also where the observer changes the result. Yeah, so you cannot, you, 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 but just by simply looking at something, just by observing it, you change it. Exactly. So yeah, that's powerful stuff. That's, that's really, really powerful. powerful. So, so I, there is a book by, his name is Gamow. It's an old book from the 1920s or 1930s, and it's called One, Two, Three, Infinity. And he has some really adorable pictures of what would happen in big space if, if we behaved as we do in the quantum world. <laughs> so this is really cute. So now you have a jungle with lots of trees, right? So the right. trees are like slits. And you're out hunting big game. And so now the tiger sees you. And he runs between the trees, right? <laughs> And then right. when he's coming at you, you see 10 tigers. Because <laughs> ah! he's, he's gone through the slit, and now he's become a diffraction batter. <laughs> oh Which one's the real tiger? <laughs> They're all Are real. they all real? <laughs> so you don't know what to shoot at. <laughs> it's going to get me. Yeah, all right? It's going to get you. You have to run. <laughs> I know. And then there's some other things that happen down in that space. If you know exactly where something is, then you can't tell how fast it's going. If you know exactly how fast something is going, it blurs, so you can't find its location. And that's called the uncertainty principle. Yeah, it's called true, the true, li true life is weirder than science fiction. Right? So, so you know exactly how fast something's going, and it's just this big blur. You can't locate it. And, there it, and Heisenberg came up with this idea and discovered that there was a constant. So if you multiply the position times its momentum, then you would get a constant. So it, it was finite. So if you knew exactly the position, then the, the velocity would be uh, an infinite, right? An in, virtually infinite value, right? Because you would have zero for the position because it's the, it's the difference between, you know, the position, like is the position here or here? And if that goes to zero, then the other one becomes infinite. So you can never locate it. You can never locate it. Right. So, so some, uh, there's a, a physicist who talks about spirituality and, and, and quantum physics. And he talks about how the electron, as it travels through space, it occupies all space. And then as soon as you find it, it's a point. And that's why it can go through the two slits at once 
and it, it creates a diffraction pattern. And it's these, what they, he calls waves of possibility. And so that is also like completely bizarre and strange in terms of the quantum world. But we're in the quantum world. It is this 3D time dimension quantum world. We have four dimensions in this, in this world. And so what people are talking about when they're talking about going into the, the quantum field is really they're reaching into the information field, right? Interesting. Right? So the information yeah. field. <laughs> yeah, say more about this information field. <laughs> right. So the information field, we know how to get there because we have the mathematics to do it. It's a fairly straightforward set of equations. You can go from information space to time space and back. So in the information field, there is no time, no space, just information. So what's information? It's just a flood of knowledge. And when you are meditating, oftentimes you'll get a flood of pictures. And that's when you're listening to a medium talk and they're getting this flood of information and it has to be meaningful to the person that's that's looking at it because the information has to be interpreted by our subconscious and our knowledge and that's where intuition comes in that information field so there's a field out there that contains all information about all time and all space and that's Is there a name for it well we call it the other side or the fifth dimension or um, you know, I think that there might be more than one dimension, but it doesn't matter because <laughs> because it's all where all information is. It's where we go when we pass on. And since there is no time on the other side, that means that a part of us is watching us have this experience here in four dimensional space. Right. So yeah. <laughs> think about that. It's very mind-bending. <laughs> I, I know that you, you'd mentioned something about the ocean. Is that um, one of the, the metaphors that we can look at? Yeah, so, so, let, so let's look at when people start talking about quantum, quantum levels of things. So the, the everyday physics that we use is called Newtonian physics force equals mass times acceleration we and that is uh and that is basically everything that we're describing like we can describe the movement of the planets we can describe the arch of an arrow when we shoot it into the air the trajectory and we account for air drag and gravity and the velocity that we shoot it with and so on you can you can make very precise calculations of locations, for example, with, with typical Newtonian mechanics. And, and so the Newtonian mechanics is kind of like the whole depth of the ocean. The ocean's about 12,000 feet deep, right? 12,000 feet. And then the waves on the top are just a few feet, right? You might have them three feet, five feet, 10 feet, big swells, 20 feet, could even be 50 feet, but compared to 1,200 feet, it's still a small amount, right? And so those waves that are on the ocean are like quantum physics. When you step back and you look at the whole ocean, you just see this 12,000 feet and the ripples don't matter. And then when you get really close in on the surface, just like when you dive in and go into an atom, you'll start to see this bizarre behavior. 
right? So you'll see the ripples on the ocean. And that's the easiest way I can explain how, how quantum physics works, right? Okay, so <clears throat> if I understand this, so we have the, the 12,000 feet, which mm -hmm. is the mass, it's huge. Mm -hmm. And then on the top, we have ripples that basically, you know, if you're looking at the whole thing, the whole, they make no no matter whatsoever. But if you happen to be like in a dinghy on the top, <laughs> you're not concerned about all that's below except for falling into it because you're dealing with those swells. Exactly. So that's what okay. an electron or a neutron or even an alpha particle, which is two protons, two neutrons, you're, you're, when you're dealing with things at that size and that mass level, then behaviors start to change. And as a matter of fact, there's actually, when you even start combining them, there is a number of atoms that when they come together, they start acting as bulk. And then when you go below that, then they start acting as quantum, right? There's a, there's a, a limiter and you can see it very well. It's just like looking at the surface of the ocean, right? You get so the, you know, the wind blowing on top, creating swells and things like that. And that little bit in the ocean, right, is how deep is that swell is telling you <clears throat> whether you have to worry about the whole thing or whether you're worrying about the little bit on top. So that's the best analogy that I can think of so people can grasp what it is to go down to these tiny dimensions and then all the behaviors change. Because right? behaviors really do change. And relativity doesn't have anything to do with it. So relativity, but I, will, but I will talk about it in the sense that when you get to the information space, the information dimension, you can see the entire universe all at once. There's no time, right? And <clears throat> in relative- People are now calling the quantum field is actually this information field. Right, it's, it's really this information field and we've been calling it the other side, uh, heaven, the fifth dimension, you'll hear it called all kinds of things, but it's really a place where there's no time and no space. So in other words, um, if you're, so it's kind of an idea like we've always talked about um, God being omnipresent, omnipotent, you know, all these things. So, so God is truly omnipresent because he's on the other side and we were created from his information. If you okay. believe in that sort of thing, but, but as I'm doing this healing work and I'm watching what's happening with people, as I'm reaching into this information and helping guide the energy into people and they're changing and I'm using the laws of physics as I know them on this side to help create those healings then I'm observing that everything, every bit of physics that I've learned here is applicable to this energy work. And then as this energy work improves, the more I add the physics to it, then I'm thinking, hmm, so the laws of physics on this side actually originated from that information space. And wow. so it's, it's now more and more leaning towards creationism rather than evolution. Oh boy. I don't know <laughs> want to go down that rabbit hole, but I th thank you for bringing yeah. me back to the energy healing. Cause I'm like, okay, so yes. how does this, you know, how does what we're talking about with the quantum field and the information field, how does that affect energy? Okay. People think, that, think it's strange, but you know, reality sounds a lot stranger. And reality sounds a lot stranger. So, 
So let me just bring it back to how we get to that information space. It's, it's a transform called a Fourier transform. So if you are doing a, uh, if you're doing a voice recording, you're, you know, you get squiggly lines versus time, you know, yeah. so it's intensity, the voice is modulating, you speak loudly, the lines get bigger, and then it gets quieter. And it records all the frequencies coming out of your voice at once. Yes, right? and, absolutely. And if you're singing a single note, you have a fundamental frequency in a series of overtones, right? If you're singing a single note, and you're singing it over time, and I'll, I'm going to show it on my phone, <laughs> that you cool. can actually move from, from time dimension to information dimension. Ooh, I like this idea. Yeah, so, so I, I this is a this is a frequency analyzer. Right? Oh, okay. It's a little program. I call it uh it's called um I think it's called Intuner or something like that. And something to help you. You can see the note showing up at the bottom here. Yes. So do you see the note showing up at the bottom? Yeah. Right. Ooh. And, yeah, it's changing. Right. And so as I'm talking, you'll see your what you're seeing is the frequencies. It's not So this is you talking right now. Yes. Or that's me talking me. right now. Yes. It's Whoa, just so my my talking looks way different than your talking. Well, that's because I have headsets. So you I you know, they this is not hearing you. But if I sing okay. a single note, let's see if I can spread it a little bit. And if I sing a single note, you'll see that you get the main frequency in the beginning plus all the overtones. And what that is is purely information. There's no time involved. It's just wow. frequency versus frequency intensity. Versus intensity. I love it. Right. So the, the transformation that occurs is it takes the sound coming out of your mouth and it does a Fourier transform on it. It's a simple mathematical function, and then it shows the frequencies. So that's, that's the transform so cool. to get you from 3D space with time to the information space. So we already know how to get there. Sound? We're traveling on sound? <laughs> well, sound is, sound is made out of frequencies, right? Frequencies. That's how we get there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so sound is made out of frequencies and so is information. It's just energy, right? And so I'm, I promise I'm going to get to the point. <laughs> well, it's, it's just, it's, it's a lot of science, but it's awesome to, to find out what's behind all of this and especially clear up the thing, the piece about the quantum field that, you know, we're actually in it. I think we're that, in that, it. That's, that's we are here points. now. And that this information space is 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 kind of like interwoven into 3D space. The information space is everywhere. Okay, so how do we get there if we wanted to be an object that got there? So relativity is that the faster you travel, the slower time happens in the time in the the spaceship. Okay. So that's where the twin paradox comes in. If you send a twin up into outer space and you send them up there for, for a, a, an amount of time and you get them going faster and faster, then you bring them back to Earth, his twin is older than he is, the traveler, right? right? right. So 
We know that. The other thing that happens is that space uh, elongates, like everything elongates the faster you travel, and then you get heavier and heavier. It's a very straightforward equation, super duper simple. Okay. And Einstein thought of this back in the 1910s and 20s, and that's what he called special relativity. So he was the one that said time's no longer constant. It depends on how fast you're traveling. And when you travel at the speed of light, you will see the entire universe at once, you will see all time at once, and you will be infinitely heavy. Wow. Right? So if we are no longer a body, in other words, we're just information, then on the other side, we are traveling at the speed of light, meaning that we see everything yeah, at right. once, once. And, that, and that there's no time. That you're seeing what all about of the time. heaviness of being. I mean, can a spirit be heavy? I no. There's no. It has no weight. It has like no when weight. A, when an electron stops, weight. when an electron stops traveling, it's it's pure light. When an electron stops traveling, it has no mass. But when it's traveling, which is what actually creates all of the space that we're in, because it's moving, that's what yeah. creates the mass and the weight. Yeah. Well, the thing is that an electron has the same charge as a proton but yet it's only one thousandth the mass. It's, it's very small. <laughs> it's very tiny. And when it stops moving, it has to be, it, it's always traveling at the speed of light in a vacuum. And when it stops moving, then it has no mass. It ceases to exist. So the death of an electron is, it <laughs> stops moving. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. It stops moving. The information's still there, just wow. like the neutrinos carry information. They pass through us. Gamma rays, there's all this information traveling through us all the time. That is really fascinating. So, yeah, so how do we access that? How do you access that? Well, how do I access that? So, so the thing that stops us from reaching that information is the is that when everything in our life we carry in our energy field. We have this energy field that goes out quite a few feet. And when we have our, our hearts radiate out by quite a bit, it has quite a few feet reach. And it's, it's all in waves. We can measure it. And it, you, know, you can measure the frequency. A calm heart has a very high frequency relative to an angry heart or a sad heart, which has a very jagged, very long wavelength. Right. So, so all, all, this in, all of this stuff that's going on around you, stuff, it's a scientific term, <laughs> all this <laughs> yes. stuff that's happened to you in your current life and even your past life, you carry on you. And what it is, it's kind of like white snow on a TV, right? You, the more yeah. white snow you have, the more your picture is obscured. So the calmer and calmer you get your mind, like the calmer you get your mind, the more peaceful, the happier, the more joyful you're in that state. It allows you to access that intuition. And the intuition is accessed through the... Um, the limbic system in your head. So it has the pineal gland, the hypothalamus, the thalamus, the amygdala, and the pituitary amongst other things. So you've got this system in there that kind of receives the information. And they, and most people say it comes through the pineal gland. Um, I don't think it really matters. It's just that it's the, the 
the mind that's below the conscious mind. So we're not consciously aware of it. And the calmer we get, in other words, the conscious mind will block it. Right? So the calmer we get, the more peaceful we get, we get more receptive, and then we start to hear the messages. And some of us hear it more than others. I've always been a relatively calm person, and people always say just by listening to my voice, they say I feel calmer just hearing you. Yeah. And sometimes I think, like, what are they thinking? I'm kind of a nervous person. <laughs> you know, I have to be moving and I have to be jiggling and things like that. But, but yeah. So, so what we've covered, really, is what's the information field? It's another dimension. It's the fifth dimension. That's the thing that people call the quantum field. So when they say they're doing quantum healing, I've asked, and they say, oh, I just find out what frequencies you need to make you well. That's information. Okay. It, and they're not reaching into the quantum field. They're reaching into information space. Okay. They're in the quantum field. Yeah. We're, we're all in the quantum field. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I, the thing that's the most powerful message out of all of this is that what we know in this world in terms of physics you know, all of this really interesting quantum physics and, um, you know, wave mechanics. This is something that I spent 40 years researching. I took, I don't know how many, you know, how many classes, 12 or 13 classes on quantum physics and vibrational physics. And then I applied it to my research. So I really know this topic well. The yes. more I apply these principles, the more powerful the healings become. And the, the more I have access to the other side. And so this is what I'm teaching everybody, but I'm teaching it in a really simplified way. Absolutely. So can you share with us about the program that you have for healers right now? Right. So I have some small, shorter programs that just gives you a little taste. And they're eight to 12 weeks, depending on which one is chosen. And those are pre-recorded. And then I have a live program. The live program, uh, it goes in four-month blocks, but people have come in at any time. And so I have a rolling enrollment. And I'm trying to make each month separate, like each month is self-contained. And um, people will come in at any point and get the lesson and be able to use the lesson and, and work it in their everyday life. And even the people that have just come on, they're already seeing dramatic results. Where are you at um, currently in, the, in, uh, in that? We're in month nine at the moment. So it's, it's for each, each total units, four months, and there's six total units. So the first year is on spiritual, emotional, and mental healing, healing the brain. And then the second year is on, is on the physical healing. And the first year already, uh, you know, already in the first month or two, people are going out and finding clients and getting paid clients, which is very exciting for me. And the other thing that happens is that, you know, we have private sessions and we also have group sessions. And the group sessions, which what are really great is it's inspiring the other people. Oh, I went out and I tried this brain healing 
We just talked about this last week. I tried this brain healing on this dementia patient and he started behaving and sleeping properly. And then all the other nurses wanted me to come back because it was a miracle what happened to him. Right. And, and so everybody else goes, well, you know, this is somebody new at it and they're doing this already and creating miracles for people. And so, you know, I'm just like very, I, I just want my, my mission is so if I just do healing myself, I can heal 20 between 20 and 200 people a year, depending on, you know, how often they see me and whatnot. But if I teach 50 people to do the same thing, now you multiply it by 50. So 50 times 200, right? That's, yeah. that's 10,000. Now we're moving out. Now, if some of those people go on to teach other people, which I want people to do, teach other people how to do it. Now the thing is like, you know, the ripple in the pond, it moves out. And then each of those create their own ripples and it moves out. And once we get a critical mass of high-frequency people, it's going to change the planet. We just need a critical mass to go out there and to work. And so um, my purpose in having this program is to help heal the people that are in it because they change dramatically, to help them help themselves, and then for them to, to heal other people and to educate other people. And I, what I love about the program is that there's – a huge cross cut of different types of healers, a regular nurse, a homeopathic doctor, um, a Native American, Indian, people from India with their chronic healing and their guru system. And so I'm teaching them something new that they discovered was more powerful than what they were doing before. Um, Reiki healers, people that are in everyday life, like, you know, in corporate, um, one person works for, Kaiser, which is a medical company, right? And she works in the administration. Another one works for um, a company that sells medical equipment. So it's like this huge cross cut of people and coaches. And so it doesn't matter what it is you do to start with. And people always ask me, so who's joining? I think people that are joining are the ones that are open-minded, willing to try something new because they're recognizing that the old system's not working, right? So that's why I got into it. I was very sick and medical science, all they wanted to do was medicate and operate. And I just said, I, I'm not going to be cut up and I'm not going to have my organs willy nilly removed to try and figure out what was wrong with me. That's kind of a drastic solution. <laughs> <laughs> that was no, 20, thank you. <laughs> and that was 25 years ago. So today I'm turning 66, right? And I have no medications and I'm super strong and healthy and <laughs> and I I don't think I look my age. Most people tell me not. <laughs> so definitely don't so look right, your age. Right? And I did look my age before and that's yeah. changed since doing this. So I call it energetic botox. <laughs> Yes. A happy birthday, Anastasia. It's oh, so you. wonderful. You, yeah, you look wonderful and your energy is so vibrant. Thank you, Gwen. It's just my pleasure, you know, knowing you all these years too. And I have watched you grow dramatically from the first time that we, we were connected. And so, so that's what the program's about. And 
you know, it's so hard to define it. And what happens is that people see me, they know they want it. I was just at an event this last week. There were very few people at the event. They told me there was 125 registered and there were 25 in the room. You know, you know, those kinds of events. People have done that. And all I said to myself, well, you know, I'm just going to do my best and offer the best that I have to offer. And I did a really good job on my talk. And what happened was a lady with a a cancer foundation um, videoed me onto her Facebook page and the Facebook page got 180 views, right? So there you go. (laughs) Right. So when you have the intention of, of doing your best, you get, you get great results. And so, and then another person and she really, she really liked my message. And then there was another person in the room. She says, I can't wait to join your program. So it only took one to make it pay off and I got two. Right. So, and you know, I'm not well, how, how can people connect with you um, through this, this, um, this yes. show? So, so to see what it's about, you go to scientifichealer.com forward slash energize me. And it gives you a little bit of an overview but there's no way to describe what happens to you until you're in it. It just no way. Um, one, one of the people that joined me, she was going to join another program by a very famous person. And she says, I don't think that person holds a candle to what you offer. She's been married for 30 years. The last 10 years, she and her husband were sleeping in different rooms. They barely spoke to one another. She didn't know whether she was going to divorce or not. She was just being lazy. You know, I don't think I want to divorce him. You know, he's the father of my children and the grandfather of my grandchildren. And, you know, it's okay. And now they are back madly in love, sleeping in the same room, vacationing together, house shopping together, furniture shopping together, going out to meals and he's constantly telling her how much he values her, loves her, and thinks she's beautiful. Wow. Right? So, so that's what, and I didn't heal him. I only healed her. And that's why she's in exactly. the program. Right? Yeah. So that's what happens to people in the program. There's just like no way to describe it. Basically, you just go from met to super happy, super healthy, and thinking clearly, and being youthful again. And that's kind of like a nebulous way to describe it. But your number one asset is your health, number one. Yes. And people don't realize that even if you have medical insurance, there's a, a lifetime cap on how much you can draw off of it, whether it's one or two million. One bad illness can wipe that hole out. And then it's your personal assets. And when you run out of personal assets, then you're thrown in with all all of the um, indigent people where, you know, you get what you get and you don't get high quality um, care. So keeping your health and the number one reason why people become bankrupt is overrun medical costs. So really and truly your number one health asset, it's not money, it's your health, right? Number one financial asset is your health. And once you lose it, you realize what you've lost. Because uh, every, everyone I've talked to that has lost it realize what they've lost. And there are people that will absolutely pay anything to get it back. And sometimes you just can't. So that's my message on that. And I'm very passionate about it because I lost my health. And I will never, ever, ever 
ever that will that's completely in my past it's in my rearview mirror that is not ever going to happen to me again i had surgery once never again and you know i just say the buck stops here i put planted my stake in the ground and that's the end of that and i want that for everybody no yeah, i don't full responsibility and having all of these tools that are available to you yes because that's one right? of the things that you, you and teach is we all have the ability to do what it is that you yes do. that's right you all have the same equipment i do right you have all the same you have the same energy pathways you have the same energy portals in and out of your body you have the same energy fields just learning how to manage them right you have the same sets of emotions you have different experiences but we can process those experiences out and change the way you are operating in the world like people go oh i always react that way well you can change that you can change that Right, and it can change almost in an instant. It's fast. It's, it's very fast. Yeah. Why don't we go ahead and give information on how to reach you. Right. Uh, so, so the way you reach me is you go to scientifichealer.com, and to make an appointment with me, you go forward slash appointment, or to write me a note, you just go to my website. There is a contact page, and I think it's actually right at the bottom of the front page, and or forward slash contact, and write me a note. And I answer everything yeah. because you're all important. <laughs> you're all infinitely valuable. <laughs> mm. So, so thank you, Gwen. This has been a total delight. And I think this what is a way to spend your birthday. Thank you. I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this message is so important. It's really important to tell, to tell people that you have the power to change your life. You really do. And that, really do. and that you don't have to sit in misery ever. There is no, no such thing as a hopeless case, really not. And the sooner the better. Like I always say, every brain over the age of 25 needs healing. <laughs> <laughs> and you just don't realize how much it's gone downhill until you get a brain healing. It's so true. <laughs> so, so true. <laughs> okay, Gwen, thank you so much. Thank you everyone for joining me. A reminder again to look at the healing program at scientifichealer.com forward slash energize me. And enrollment is open, like I mentioned. And I'll invite you, I invite you into a conversation right now. Get on my calendar at scientifichealer.com forward slash appointment. And thank you, Gwen, for joining me. My pleasure. The pleasure is always. This is Dr. Anastasia Chopolis. Until next time. And if you enjoyed this program, give it a thumbs up or five-star rating. Share it with your friends. And be sure to subscribe to my channel because every week I have new content coming out.